Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a royal rating, five stars, pretty please, would make our week. And as always, send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good, Roberta. How was your weekend? It was so nice. Um, we had Easter celebrations. We were in the pool. It was Wait, your lovely. Instagram photo gallery was gorgeous. That <laughs> Wherever that sort of vista of florals and like that little bridge, like I need to hear more about that. Wasn't it like a fairy tale? I Where actually felt like it rivaled the Frogmore cottage photos. <laughs> yeah, it really did. I was like, did she get on a plane? Did she go to like the UK? <laughs> it was a park, right? I wish. It was a park right by um, my parents' house. So- it was really beautiful. And I'd actually um, never been to like that back area, but it felt like walking into a fairy tale. It was just so, so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I wish I had gone to London, but soon, hopefully. Yeah, soon. Like, I yeah. know. I know. Tons of florals breaking out over there. I know. The yeah. weekend was good. I did it. We did an egg hunt with Finn, uh, oh. which was always, which was really fun. He was like, he was like, but we did 30 eggs and he kept being like, but there's more, right? Like, <laughs> and I think he now thinks that eggs are just always around. So he's like always got his eyes open for them. But I need to ask where his jacket is from because your host of his outfit got so much love (laughs) and it really is the cutest. And I felt like you know, in lieu of seeing the Cambridge kids, we got to see Finn in a oh, cute outfit. So. <laughs> wow, that is like high praise. Um, it the was people actually, need to know, where is the jacket So from? it's from Tea Collection, which has the most adorable, adorable clothes. And I have to say that it was tea one collection? of- like Tea Collection? Tea Collection. Tea. Very British, yeah. Oh, tea. cute. Um, but it's like, but I think that it was um, one of those things that got lost in the shuffle of all the moves this year. I totally forgot mm. that I even bought it. And then I found it on the coat rack and I was like, how about this? And he wanted to wear it, so- what Always an incredible find. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. But it was a ni- it was a lovely weekend and good weather too. Yeah. But you guys, Roros, we have so much coming up on this episode. It was kind of actually, I will say it was a more low-key Royals week. I think March has just been really intense. So it, dare I say it was a little bit quiet, Roberta? Yeah, which actually felt really kind of like necessary. Restorative like it, for yeah, all of us. Exactly. Yeah. But speaking of Easter, we've got all the updates on how the Royals spent it. We have details on Harry and Meghan's first Netflix show, which was just confirmed. And we are also looking back at Charles and Camilla's wedding. There also may or may not be an unexpected Royals and Bridgerton crossover. Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> Yay! Uh, except sad. But <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> also sad. Yeah. Well, we always leave time for a royal refreshment. So, Rachel, what are you sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. 
Jared, I have an Arnold Palmer. I, I topped it off with a little vodka. It is early. I forgot that part that we were recording at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> when we I were planning. Um, I was like, oh, I'll have a boozy Arnold Palmer. But I have a um, – I'm joining you in drinking, though. I have a beer. And Ooh, I, that's a pretty beer. It's, it's really pretty. It's uh, – what is the – kind of beer i never i don't know much about beer i actually just like recently got into beer more because for lent i gave up wine but then i forgot that i gave it up <laughs> so i drank so much wine before easter whoops um but it happens. it's fine yeah it happens. It's, it's but it did i think it did like get me more into other kinds of drinks because yeah. i usually my go-to is you wine expanded so, your your alcoholic yes palate. and it's like citrus <laughs> beers palate. too i feel like fruity sour beers are now kind of my thing. So oh, I love that. I've been on a beer kick recently. While we are sipping, we have a lovely reader email from Megan. It says, hi, Rachel and Roberta. I hope you both had a lovely weekend. We did. Um, it is a very rare occurrence when my work and my royal obsession overlaps. I work for the Central Communications Office of the University of Miami. And during one of our team meetings last week, my colleagues shared that Prince Charles had delivered a video message to attendees of our business school's annual chief sustainability sustainability office summit. Wild. Insert my shocked face here while I process that information. Prince Charles, the University of Miami. I was trying to work out the degrees of separation in my head. <laughs> now I just need to figure out how I can weave coverages of the Cambridges into my work too. All my best, Megan. I love that. <laughs> what a surprise to see Prince Charles at, at your at your place of work. Just yeah. Like a, that's so awesome. And I watched the speech. I mean, it was very – it was lengthy. It was really impressive too. I feel like it would be so cool to have that overlap. I think it's kind of funny when like work intertwines with your passion and like what we get to live too. <laughs> yeah, we're so lucky with that. I know. It's, it's, it is interesting to think about the royals doing a lot of – you know, we, we know they do a lot of public events and we always cover those, but I think – knowing that they do so much behind the scenes and privately too, that doesn't really make the news. Like I Googled it and it wasn't really covered that much because obviously mm-hmm. it was a private video message. So, so interesting to think how but many you can watch are. the whole video on YouTube. So you guys should check it out. I also will say that um, when I watched it, it inspired me to kind of do a quick follow-up checking out on what's going on with Earthshot. Oh, um, yeah. And they now have an email capture. I don't remember if they had it before. So I signed up to get Earthshot updates. Nice. Keep us posted. I will. I'll go sign up too. All right, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We are flashing back to April 9th, 2005. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the presses. Hold on one second. Sorry, this is Matt, one of their producers, along with Alfred. And actually, I just want to let you know that this week in royal history, this time last year, Rachel and Roberta took over hosting duties and launched season (laughs) two of Royally Obsessed. And we just want to congratulate you on one full year of hosting this podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Oh my gosh, look at your mic set up. I I was was really worried that I said something wrong. You did, but we'll discuss that later. This time last year, we said you guys would be recording in studio in probably four weeks. So, oh, wow. You wow, guys the have blown away our on. expectations about what is possible while recording at home. You guys are absolute pros. And Alfred and I really want to know what have been your highs and lows of your first year hosting Royally <laughs> oh Obsessed. Gosh, really putting us Turning on the, the spot. Table. I'm crying. Oh, man. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Highs and lows. Is, uh, that's, I think my high, I, I feel like I got to start on the high, is that... Uh, our guests have been so incredible. We've had so many amazing guests 
I never thought I would be talking to Chris Jackson. I never thought we'd be interviewing Elizabeth Holmes. I feel like that's just like mind blowing. Well, and it's you? funny that you say Chris Jackson because that I will say is one of my highs, but also I just remember the he was one of our first guests and to have him like where we were set up at home. I mean, we were really just getting our hitting the ground running with this kind of podcast, but we were really MacGyvering our podcast setup at that point. I mean, now I feel like we've got like a much more consistent, you know, got the proper equipment and things like that. But that was just right at the beginning. I think about that very fondly and how amazing it was to chat with him. I don't think there's been a low except that my heart sank when Matt came on thinking that we messed up something. Um, Oh my gosh. My low is just like missing. I wish we were in a studio together. I know. Soon. Well, that was great, ladies. Hey, you're doing a fantastic job, and we can't wait to hear what the real uh, This Day in Royal History is. This week in Royal (laughs) History. What a surprise, you guys. Thank you. Congrats again. Great job, everyone. It's awesome. Now back to the show. (laughs) Wow. What a shock. Love Alfred and Matt the most. I will say an additional high is their pump up songs. Before we start oh, the episode, we have said that. yeah, yeah, we used to start it. Well, we need to get back to that. We used to start the episode with a pump up song that was always kind of royal theme, wasn't it? Like either Lord. by Queen or yeah, Lord. Lord the Royals. Yeah, so good. So, back so to good. Charles and Camilla. Yeah. That- <laughs> All right, for real this time. This week in royal history, we are flashing back to April 9th, two thousand five. It is the sixteen year anniversary of Charles and Camilla's wedding. Obviously, they've been together much longer than 16 years. Uh, reminder, they got hitched in a private civil wedding at Windsor's Guild Hall just two months after Clarence House made the announcement about their engagement. So two months, fastest royal engagement of all time. But I did love so. that the New York Times, I went back and read the the report in 2005, and they were they were like, after 33 star-crossed years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> thought that was a funny line. Wow. That is, that's a good line. Um After the official private wedding, they returned to St. George's Chapel for a service of blessing led by the Archbishop of Canterbury, and about 800 people attended that blessing, including the Queen and Prince Philip, who were not actually there for the civil wedding ceremony. Their actual wedding was supposed to be the day before. On April 8th, it was postponed one day so that Charles could represent the Queen at the funeral of Pope John Paul II. That part blew me away, just kind of reading about that, that they it sounded like it was a gargantuan task to notify all of those guests that the date was shifting one day. I can't even imagine yeah. pushing. I, I feel like, you know, probably a couple of people listening have experienced that with weddings getting pushed yeah. for the pandemic and all of that and what and a logistical undertaking that is. And Because so, it seems like one day later seems almost harder than like, you know, you've got to get everyone notified yeah, super yeah, quick. You totally. don't have time to follow up or anything. Exactly. They had a lot of curveballs for this wedding actually, um, kind of ill-fated almost. Um, they had to move. So the civil service was supposed to actually be within – St. George's Chapel or Windsor Castle. And because of a certain law that was put in place, if they had their civil wedding service there, they would have to allow couples for the next three years, any couple. It had to be open to the public for weddings. And this and they was didn't not want- St. George's Chapel. This was at actual Windsor Castle, like inside? It was it was just outside the ground. So it was oh. Windsor Guild Hall. Okay. Which I'm not exactly sure, but but it was something that was like this weird law where if they had allowed Charles and Camille to do this, they would have to allow other couples to have their weddings there. And they didn't want that. <laughs> they didn't want it open to the public. So they said, no, we'll just have it right outside. That's so they so moved funny. the location. 
Also, the day of the wedding, Camilla woke up with a sinus infection. I so she say, was not that feeling is bound great. to happen. I feel like there's so much pre-wedding stress, but awful. Oh, oh yeah. So she she made it through the day, and and um, everyone said she you know was waving and looked cheery, and the crowds cheered her up and all of that. Uh, but just like any royal bride, she had two wedding outfits. So. I included links to the I intentionally did not open. I didn't open them ahead of time. I saw the links in here, but I I wanted to have a real reaction. There's the first one, and it's a white coat and like a scalp-necked dress. And then there's the second one with the blue silk long coat. Oh, you know, I I actually feel like like there's so – Kind of like the second one. The second one feels more fancier. I did with the also gold. Like, it has like the gold feather like feathering thing going around. It really her hair, works yeah. well with her her coat and everything. I yeah. will say the New York Times had a great um, mention also of Charles. They compared him kindly, very kindly to Mr. Darcy, and just commented on how much more relaxed he was in comparison to his wedding to Diana. Obviously, he has a lot more years. And that self with experience, in, yeah. like self confidence, you know that he then he yeah. had back in 1981. But wait, what's the Mr. Darcy comparison? Just that I'm he in looked, love with Mr. Yeah, Darcy. That so he like- he had Mr. Darcy vibes in this morning oh. suit look. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Yes, very. <laughs> Roberta's like, let me mull it over. Very elegant. I know. I'm like, mm, but I still love Mr. <laughs> yeah. Darcy. So There's much. no other Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So for their. 16th wedding anniversary, you know, this year has been really rough for them, to say the least. So there was the pandemic, the crown blowback, Prince Philip's health, the Oprah interview. And this was really recently Tom Parker Bowles' girlfriend, Alice, passed away from cancer. So that's Camilla's son, who was actually one of their witnesses. The other witness was Prince William at their wedding. So they have gone through so much. It seems like they'll probably have a very low-key celebration, if anything, this year. Um, But at the same time, I think this year and, you know, all the years prior to their wedding really shows us that this couple can weather anything, any storm that comes their way. I feel like they have, you know, stuck together through it all thick and thin. So, yeah, absolutely. I will say one thing that I didn't realize in reading reports about this wedding was that um, I was I I keep going back to the New York Times article that I read about it. I feel like it was a very detailed kind of overview of the day. And at the Mm -hmm. bottom, it talked about the mood of London when this happened. Like, I think there was a lot of tension leading up to it um, just because of Camilla and Charles history. But then everyone kind of around the time of this occasion, there was a very pro-Charles mood in the air. And the end of the article, this was so surprising to me, said that even Piers Morgan, and it said a one-time fan and confidant of the late Princess of Wales had come around to to this union happening. And I completely missed that. I mean, it might be just sort of my like the generation of when I sort of started following the royals, but I completely missed that Piers Morgan and Diana had a sort of you know, friendship relationship. Wow. Yeah. I, I think it no was idea. limited, but he was a tabloid editor for the mirror at the time. And apparent, like, apparently like, I don't, I, it's hard to know. I tried to read more about it. And so it's hard to understand what's true. A lot of it is obviously Piers Morgan's perspective. And I don't trust that, but I feel like the New York times did state at that time that they had a relationship. So a French, uh, a friendship, a friendship, yeah. some sort of, you know, symbiotic, like where, where she would be in touch, a confidant. It was the word the New York right, Times right. Knew, used. Interesting. Just that sort of so perked my. I was like reading along, reading along, right. and then I saw that. I was like, wait, what? What is Piers Morgan doing in this article? 
Wow. And that was that, from 2005. That's, so That's really wild. Mm-hmm. I did read about a lot of the approval polls before and how in 2004, it was around 30% didn't approve of the wedding, 30% didn't care, and 30% did. So it was pretty evenly split. And I think up until, and then when the celebrations really kicked in, it seemed like a lot of people were just happy that they yeah. were finally doing this because they knew it was coming. So I mean, they're, it, it is true love. They're very in love. So yeah. Oh, in the 16th year anniversary, the modern gift is silver tableware. The traditional Ooh. gift is wax. Which I'm like, what else can you get besides a candle? I feel like, <laughs> um, doesn't Highgrove have bees? I think he has bees. Oh, yeah. So he could. I was like. Wait, Make what's something Madame, from Beeswax? Is Madame Tussauds wax figures? Am yeah. I wrong? Should they get wax <laughs> figures of themselves? <laughs> or a wax stamp. I was thinking that feels very like Clarence like House this. to have like a logo of whatever. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. point too. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, Easter celebration. So we saw um, many updates from several of the royals. Kane William, their Instagram egg smash. What did you think, Roberta? I was so confused. <laughs> I think a lot of people were. This had, Did you turn the sound on when you watched it? No, I didn't. Oh, it was really weird. It, well, it was re- in reverse, the egg being smashed and coming together. So it was like super strange sound of the egg breaking. Um, I So I was interested to see Elizabeth Holmes post about if this is actually a British tradition. It doesn't sound like it is. It sounds like, and I did not experience this in Scotland at all when we lived there. That I think it seemed something- like it was... The responses she got were like kind of mixed. Mixed. Like some people did it, some people didn't. And now I'm okay with it because I was reading more into the symbolism and like the resurrection and the empty tomb and the smashed rock covering the tomb of Jesus and he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, okay, like I get that maybe, but I don't know. I did not, I didn't really like it that much. I felt like in the world of Kate's Pinterest crafts, this one was. Yeah, tenderness. like maybe if Louis was smashing it and we had like that Louis a part cute. of it, then I would have or like, I don't know, Louis smashing it in reverse. They could have still reversed it. But yeah, I do think that was her handwriting, though. Or or I mean, we know that the Cambridges are like becoming very proficient bakers. I feel like they yeah. have used lockdown well for that. I think so. Kate might have iced the egg. So because, yeah, it looked like her handwriting. So, yeah, well, Not so I really know it that well. <laughs> yeah. It's just a guess. She signed her name on some of those letters and stuff. Apparently, the Cambridges were also said to have decorated eggs with the kids and dropped them off for the queen, and they had their own Easter egg hunt. So I feel like that sounds like a nice way. Well, and I read that they baked a chocolate cake covered in mini Cadbury eggs for the queen, and I was like, okay, they copied me because I baked those cupcakes covered in mini Cadbury eggs. Did you see (gasps) those on my – Yeah, and so I was like – but I, I love one that step ahead. idea. <laughs> and it's the first thing that comes up if you Google like Easter dessert. So. Well, I was curious if the Cambridge kids also got a chance to ride their new ponies. Did you see that article in Vanity yes. Fair? That they oh, have their own ponies. But I will say credit to William and Kate on the condition that they care for them. They are responsible, George and Charlotte, for the sort of like grooming and all of that stuff. So yeah, there's a lesson in there. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on. Harry and Meghan were, I'm just saying, MIA. We did not get any updates as much as many sources wanted to say that there were updates. I loved one of, I read a report that was like, quote, Harry and Meghan's plan is to stay at home with their toddler. And this was like headline news. I'm like, but that's just, that's a given. That they would, right, right, right. That they would be with Archie. Um, I did kind of hope that maybe they did a like egg hunt in the proximity, in proximity to the, to the chick inn. 
Oh, the chicken. I'm sure they, de- I mean, like, this is me being like one of those sources that's like, they definitely <laughs> they did definitely an egg hunt. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, I mean, their grounds are big enough, I feel like, to do some kind of, and Doria was probably there. So, but yeah, they laid low, which I think is nice. And, and yeah. like you said, it was kind of restorative to have like little royal news this week. Yeah. We did get an update from Princess Eugenie and Jack Brooks Bank. They posted a new family photo, which, as we were saying, that, you know, the UK is in full bloom, that beautiful tree. Gorgeous. And they were on the grounds of Frogmore Cottage, which made me curious if they potentially had a run-in where, you know, the Queen and Charles, we know, we'll get into that next, were out walking at Frogmore House ground. So, uh, but I I don't know why, Robert, I wanted to mention this to you. I know there was a lot of news coming out when August was born, but August Philip Hawk Brooksbank, I totally missed, I just, I think I glossed over that being his name. And I love that name in there, Hawk. It just is such a great part of his name. And it made me think of like Ethan Hawke. And- I was just going to say <laughs> Which that. Which we both have, a, have an adoration of Ethan Hawke. Uh, but I guess it's a, it's a family name. I don't know why I missed that before, but it's such a cool factor to that name. It really is. It's such a cool name. And I, I one of our uh, coworkers' baby names is August. And it's, it's yes. so, so sweet. So shout out to shout Alexia. Out Alexia. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I did really like that Jack was the one with the baby carrier on. I think that it gave me a lot of like, you know, it just gives a lot of credit to Jack because it's it's a sign of, you know, the modern times. I mean, we would never have seen Prince Charles in a holding a baby carrier with like William or Harry back in 1981 or 84. It's just I thought that was cool. And Eugenie was really dressed up. It looked like she had a very long. I had to really zoom. I like Yeah, they were so tiny. Really, I know they were so tiny in the picture, but it was beautiful. It yeah. really was such a beautiful picture. And who did it first, the queen or Eugenie and Jack? I know. I know. Because <laughs> it's that tree, right? Or is it – it might be a little bit different location, well, but it's very similar. Yeah. It just seems like the grounds are in full bloom. I mean, we know yeah. Frogmore Cottage is on those grounds, but they mm-hmm. were said to be at Frogmore House. So moving on to the Queen and Charles, first – Okay, a shout out to Chris Jackson. We've talked about him a fair amount in this episode now, thanks to our producers. But he was the photographer of choice for the portraits we got of Charles and the Queen walking around the Windsor Estate, which also we got some news about Chris Jackson this week on Instagram that he has a new book coming out. I'm so excited. The Even just the one proof of that oh. full bleed picture of the Queen, it's like stunning. I checked stunning. Amazon too soon to pre-order, but Chris, we cannot wait and we hope you'll come back on the podcast. Um, but so the typical plan that the queen has is Maundy Thursday and where gifts are given out to England's elderly. And then there's a very celebratory Easter service at St. George's Chapel with a lot of the family. But this year, all of that was canceled again for the second year in a row. And the queen sent letters and ceremonial coins to recipients, um, Maundy gift recipients, and spent Easter privately with Prince Philip, which I imagine was really special and emotional for them, given everything that Prince Philip has gone through. Um, And they spent that at the personal chapel at Windsor Castle. So not St. George's, but I believe there's another, I'm assuming another chapel. A smaller chapel, chapel, yeah. Um, But so she also strolled the grounds with Charles. And so I wanted to know, I mean, they they were very, you know, they looked very fancy, but the queen had her forest green jacket. And then were those kind of like those mittens peeking out? What do you think? <laughs> so, so not, uh, not what I expected. Not very stylish, but still like cute, like all oh, granny mittens. Yeah, they, like, were they were granny mittens. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very uh, Bernie Sanders-esque mittens. Yeah, exactly. But the queen looked really great. I mean, I look at her and I think she doesn't look a day over like 80. I know. I know. And they looked and they were laughing and happy. And I feel like this is like really supportive of after everything that's happened with the family. 
I think that it's a show of support for Charles and, um, yeah, I mean, and it looked cold. I felt like it looked she was cold. so chilly. <laughs> but those photos also just gave me major UK FOMO. Like I have to I say that one of my one of my friends posted a photo of her daughter, her toddler, at a playground on, very close to Buckingham Palace. Like Buckingham Palace was in the background, and it was oh, just wow. full bloom. And I was like, "Gosh, I just want to get on a plane and go over there." And it seems a lot more in bloom than where I am in Massachusetts. But I don't know about you. Florida is probably way more in bloom always. Well. But. Florida was like a couple of weeks ago because it, it got warmer a while. You know what I mean? Like it's now really warm there. So um, mm-hmm. it was it was so beautiful though. The azaleas at my parents' house were in full bloom, and I just, I yeah, I, I think here in Philly it's kind of similar. Everything is all the trees are flowering now, and and so it was a gorgeous Easter weekend. And it seems like all the everyone had great photos to share from it. I know, except the Cambridge kids. I was really hoping we yeah. get a, a new picture, Same. possibly with their ponies. But yeah. oh well. <laughs> also, I just want to mention that this was the Queen's second public appearance of the year. She was at the centenary of the Royal Australian Air Force earlier, and we learned, you know, she wasn't wearing a mask, but we did learn that she is fully vaccinated. So, and she's been wearing such springy colors too that just feel. I look at the classic pictures and Queen Elizabeth, so joyful. Yes, classic. Yeah. Anyways, happy Easter all. And moving on, Prince Harry and Meghan announced their first Netflix show. So just when I was wondering, I don't know if you felt the same way, Rachel, that where is the news or announcement of anything from Netflix, anything from Spotify? I feel like the Archival podcast has been on hold for a while. And it's like, yeah. I keep thinking that a holiday, because it was around New Year's Eve that they announced was it New Year's Eve or Christmas that the first episode came out? I think it was very close to New Year's Eve. That's what I think too. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's like holiday time so that maybe Easter they'll release something. Yeah, you're right because it's it's already been four months without an episode. I know they have a new hire that's kind of probably getting his footing and stuff. And Right, right. I don't know. But I feel the same way. I want it. I want them in my ears. <laughs> I know. Same. But so finally we got an announcement about the Netflix show. So the first Netflix show for Archwell Productions is called Heart of Invictus. Harry will star and also executive produce. It's directed by Orlando Von Eisendel and producer Joanna Nadasagara. And that duo won Best Documentary Short Subject Oscar in 2016 for The White Helmet. So they are already, you know, an award-winning duo. So Heart of Invictus will follow a group of competitors from around the globe that are all service members who have suffered life-changing injuries or illnesses on their road to the Invictus Games in The Hague 2022 which, by the way, has been postponed twice from its original date of May 2020. No air date yet, although obviously thinking it'll be pretty soon since the announcement just came and they'll want it up before the Invictus Games happen next year. I was surprised that this was their first Archwell show, considering the original announcement said there were two kids' shows, animated kids' yeah. shows already in the works, and maybe that was just a rumor. But were you surprised about this? I mean, I yes and no. I mean, I'm so curious about the breadth of the content that they are doing. It sounds like they have so many different projects. I also thought it was interesting that Harry will be executive producer on this. I feel like he just has so many hats that he's wearing right now. I feel like his work day must just be like a call with Better Up, a call with Netflix, a call with, you know, he's like bouncing around. Very but busy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think it keeps the momentum as we carry over to 2022 when the Invictus Games are back scheduled, you know, to to happen. And I do think it will be interesting. We didn't think we would see them in front of the camera, but Prince Harry will be in front of the camera for this. Yes. And I do think, and sorry, there's a little bit of construction outside my window. You can hear the beeping probably. <laughs> but I do think it's um one of the best parts about, 
I think sports and people probably laugh at this, but like, I like getting to know the people who are the athletes so much. And it like yeah. in the Olympics, if they profile someone and what their story is. And I think that's what this will be, which is really interesting and something that I think I'll definitely want to tune into and watch all of it because not just because of the Royal angle, obviously, but because that is one of the best parts of like those, um, what are those things on? I don't even know the name of them. Like 60, no. 30 for 30. Oh, 30 when you for go 30. Really, I love, you know, when you yeah. go really deep into like who these athletes are and um, yeah, the competitors' stories. I think that'll be awesome. So yeah. I'm super excited. I also I did, did think, oh, I was just going to say, did you also see the note that they are donating all the proceeds from this, any compensation they would receive for this project will go to Invictus? That's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. So net, what would they receive compensation wise though? Just net. I think I think it's more just whatever is part of their contract. Like they won't get paid for this. It sounds like it sounds like anything that they would have received as compensation for made. this particular oh. project. Maybe they parse it out. I don't know how it works. That's really great. And yeah. it seems like if this is successful, they would probably do it. I would think before every Invictus Games to kind of highlight the the new yeah a new yeah. season each time. Exactly. Seems smart. Um, But hot off the heels of some, it's interesting the timing of this because it feels like might ne- they might have needed some good PR after this Quibi report came out, which is, it was in the Telegraph. Yeah, this was Le- interesting. Yeah, Palace or some kind of leaks in the Telegraph uh, said that they had been in talks to do a partnership with Quibi, which was that short form video service that tanked. And this was in early 2019. So it what the Telegraph report said is it really contradicts what they said in their Oprah interview about how these kinds of commercial deals like Netflix and Spotify were never their original plan and kind of gives a little more fuel to the fire of their critics who have really picked apart the wedding date controversy, the financials and security, um, the fact that Megan said she knew nothing about the royal family, but then had written about Diana on the TIG or mentioned her, I guess. So all of these critics that are saying, trying to poke holes in the interview are now saying, well, look, they wanted to do this partnership with Quibi in early 2019. They they definitely had this plan all along. And, you know, for me, I think personally, my opinion is that they said in their first announcement about stepping down or stepping back that they did want to become financially independent. And so it was clear that this was something they did always want to do. Whether they thought they would be making, you know, possibly hundreds of million dollars with Netflix and Spotify, I don't think that 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 was part of the idea. But I do think they just wanted the freedom to be able to have these talks with companies and say, like, look, I don't know. I I didn't think it was that surprising. And I don't think that that's like it's like that. Yeah, I have to say that that article, like when I was reading it, I was like, this is intense. This is so lengthy for something that was, you know everyone kind of keeps options open and ex- does exploratory things. I think that I still feel like Harry and Meghan were being truthful when they said that they didn't have a plan. Because I think, you know, having a conversation with someone isn't, you know, it sounds like a lot was going, you know, obviously we know there was so much going on behind the scenes. And so they must have been exploring options for a long time, not knowing exactly what the plan would be. Right. I did also have issue with that article. I really think we need to stop saying Megxit. Like I just, it was in the headline of that article I being know. like, it's just, it's not Megxit. It's, you know, it's, it's, sug- it's such an insult right Sussex off the bat. Exit. How do you say it? Sussexit. Yeah, Sussexit. That doesn't <laughs> sound good though. Don't no, say I, that either. No, don't 
say that either. But I think that it's just, it bothers me because to me, when I saw that article, immediately it felt biased because it said Megxit in the title. Yeah. And I also thought the red flag with that article too, and why it was biased is because they were like, Megan has been in contact with her agent and her manager and all these people in the US this whole time. And it's like, of course, she has good relations with those people. She worked with them her whole, you know, her whole acting career. Like, of course, she wasn't going to just drop them the moment she moved to the UK. Like, I just think that that was such a weird thing to point to to back up their story when it's like, okay, now I feel like you guys are taking this too far. Yeah, like like it felt like it was very like twisting things, that article. And I do agree that I think that it's like, this is another failure of the palace PR team in a lot of ways. Like, why wouldn't you be like, okay, this is a unique situation. Megan has a team in the US. We have a team in the UK. How do we anticipate this relationship? And it sounds like, I mean, the article did say that they were very, the US side was very secretive, but I also feel like was that intentional because there were so many tabloid leaks, you know, it's like, exactly. how do you control it? I actually did like in the article that they said that the, it, the Quibi stuff was a bit of a quote, secret squirrel. <laughs> that mean? I didn't understand what that meant. I was a like, secret a squirrel, place? but I'd like to yeah. use that more in my life. <laughs> there was this great joke that a comedian said that like a long time ago, I went to a live show back when that happened and it talked about squirrels. And I think about it every time I see a squirrel, it was, um, I'm, I'm, I need to Google who this was because I feel bad I'm not giving him proper credit. But it was basically like whenever you see a squirrel on the street and they freeze, it's because they suddenly remembered they were late for something. <laughs> like, oh. I now think of that every oh. time I see a squirrel. Oh, I'm supposed to be somewhere. Anyway, sorry, that was such a tangent. But. I love it. I'm going to think of that always now. All right, before we adjourn, the royal pod here are highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low this week is kind of, it's not a super low low, but I am just so curious. We don't have a Cambridge puppy name yet. It's really we tearing do not me up. Stop inside. the presses. This is the this is the headline news we need. This is what happens on? when you have a quiet Royals week. Um a, a while back when we first heard that they'd gotten a new dog, we were on this podcast joking about royally related L names. I think Rachel, you threw out Lindo or maybe I did. Because of Luna <laughs> I and about that. Yeah, Luna and Lupo is kind of so Lupo was their um, Cambridge dog that passed away last year, and then Luna is the mother of this dog? Yes. So Aroro submitted a truly incredible L name guess that was, I was like, that has to be it. This person knows they have an inside scoop. That's the name. And I cannot for the life of me remember. And so that's what's, I, I looked on Reddit. I, I searched high and low on the interweb and nothing, nothing I could find about what the rumors or gossip about Cambridge puppy name is. So maybe we could get like have, a reveal from James of what the name is on Ella.com. Should I DM him? DM him. Yeah. Not that I don't already. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Rachel, totally. I think you should go. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, my love of the week is, as we said, Bridgerton theme that Reggae Jean Page is officially done. I thought this was April Fool's. You know, it just it, heartbreak, heartbreakingly. Heartbreak. I my jaw dropped. I was so upset about. I was this. so upset. So he described that it, it was a it's it was meant to be a one season arc. I did look into his upcoming projects. He has a lot: The Gray Man with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and Ana de Armas, and Dungeons and Dragons with Chris Pine and Hugh Grant. I just feel like wasn't it rumored he'd be James Bond? Yeah, the there were. Yeah, Bond. I mean he. His star power, my gosh, it like it was. I know it's shot way up, but I, I just felt like this was like Downton Abbey 2.0 with with um, you know Dan Stevens and just how 
devastating that whole end was. So maybe what maybe turned this yeah. low into a moderate high is that we did just kind of have his one season in all its glory, whereas we had such a, I won't say what happened if you haven't watched Downton Abbey, but the <laughs> demise of Dan Stevens' character was not the best. Right, uh, right. But, but one royal tie-in to Bridgerton that I thought was interesting was, you know, Princess Beatrice zoomed for the charity made by Dyslexia this week um, or last week. And I was listening to the clips from it, and she sounds exactly like Daphne. Hello, I'm Beatrice. What you may not know about me is that I am made by dyslexia, which was a bit of a struggle when I was at school. But now, thanks to all the practice and a lot of support, I feel so lucky to be made by dyslexia. She really does. It, it's, it's so weird to hear. Beatrice and Eugenie, because I we just don't hear their voices that much. And and they have such they both have such distinct voices. And yeah. she really does sound like it's Phoebe. Uncanny. I was like, yeah. did Phoebe like take cues from Beatrice? Like it was just incredible. The other to way me. around. So, yeah. Anyways. My high this week is Prince Harry was spotted on a Santa Barbara beach with their black lab Pula. And the pictures are incredible. Uh, he's playing with Pula and wearing a white T-shirt, gray cargo shorts, backwards baseball cap, very casual. He's using a chucket. There were a lot of people commenting <laughs> on these stories that were like, what is that thing that I he has? I think it's awesome. It seems like such a great way to, yeah. You've never it. had one of those? I've never had one. What? I've never I've seen, seen it until a- Megan and Harry debuted it for me. Oh, man. Oh, man. My dad has like 20 of them. I hope sales um, of those have For all different kinds of balls, all sizes, and it's funny. Yeah, yes. they're great, though. They like launch it so far, so you don't have to really... I need one back. for Finn. Would it be good for Finn? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please go and throw in a ball for Finn. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's really... My high is, is the pictures, and also it's funny how livid the Daily Mail and the British tabloids are about these pictures. So the headline from the Daily Mail was, does Prince Harry even know who he is anymore? I have no idea who this fellow on the beach is, dot, 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 and neither, I suspect, does he. What's the character count on that? I feel like we'd get Whoa, dinged at Pure The headline is like, <laughs> too long. we are incandescent with rage. They're so mad. And the article's all over the place. They're like, he's dressed like Justin Bieber. He's hanging out with Jay-Z and Beyonce, probably. He's not. He's traded. Like, he's just, they're just so mad. They're so mad that he's happy with his dog on the beach. So that gave me a kick. Oh, so, <laughs> so good. Yeah, he looked really happy. Um. My high of the week is the news that a blue plaque honoring Princess Diana is going to be put out at the place, her residence, where she lived before she became Princess of Wales. So in the plaque will read, Diana Spencer, later Princess of Wales, from 1961 to 1997, lived here from 1979 to 1981. And I guess the, the story behind these blue plaques is that there's over 950 around the city that commemorate the addresses of where famous people previously live. So you can kind of be like, oh, cool. like, that's so crazy. I'm standing yeah. where this like really iconic individual once was. Really and neat. and uh, Charles Spencer also commented it on, on Instagram. He said that he's tickled pink that a plaque will be where it hung, where Diana was so happy with her wonderful flatmates in her late teens. And I, I was just going to say, I feel like those were some of her happiest years, possibly, or from, you know, what we've seen in the crowd. Yeah. So I do I do think that's really, really sweet to commemorate that. I know. I know. And uh, speaking of Diana, real quick, I just wanted to mention that new Spencer pick. Did you see? It's a little bit more. It's not an officially released. Click that link. Yeah, let me see. And you see a glimpse of William, who are we're presu- presumably playing <gasps> William and Harry. Oh, my and, gosh. But and it the is, puffer jacket. She looks 
so Kristen Stewart looks so much like Princess Diana. So much with the I love this outfit too with the oversized blazer and the light wash jeans. This is incredible. Yeah, Kristen Stewart is oh, already so killing it. Like I'm so blown away by how close she looks to the real so Diana. All right, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can also follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Drop us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. Until next week, God, God save, save the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.